0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome back to Misha Torah's Essentials course here in the Old City of Jerusalem, right across from the Temple Mount, right outside this window. Um, Erase So, do you, you can let him. Okay. So today we're going to discuss um, various topics and. Most importantly is the mind-body interaction, how our mind and our body are working um, either together or at odds with one another and how that shows up in the physical body and and how to heal it, how to heal those those places inside of ourselves. So much of the the ailments that people deal with are, are have physical symptoms, and the medical world, the conventional medical world's job is to is to either treat the symptoms, hopefully to get to the root, but too often are treating just the symptoms. And the um, and it's not that there aren't physical manifestations; there certainly are in most cases a physical manifestation that the medical doctors are are out to cure. And, and, or at least mask if they can't get to the bottom of it. And, and that's the way that works. But our body is actually a feedback mechanism. Your body is speaking volumes about how you're doing inside. Your body is always talking to you. It's a feedback mechanism. For example, oxygen, just breathing. Everyone, let's take a deep breath together. whenever we're dealing with a life circumstance, something that brings on more anxiety, anxiousness, there's, uh, you'll notice you'll breathe shorter. Uh, Raise your hand in the class if you can think of some aspect of your life right now that could easily make you breathe shorter breaths. Anyone got something like that going on? (laughs) Everybody, with the exception of maybe two people in this room, have something going on in their life Well, so if that's the case, so then I would figure that that's probably the norm for most human beings. Um, That oxygen that we breathe, let's take a deep breath together. That oxygen that we breathe is what's going into our blood because your blood has oxygen. That, That oxygen's coming in through, via the lungs, which is going straight to the heart, which is going straight to the brain, which is going to the central nervous system, which is going to all the nerves, which is going down your spine and then into each part of your body. If there's a lack of oxygen, if there's any depletion of oxygen because of our shortness of breath, our feeling trapped, our feeling stuck, our feeling um, anxious over the future, over responsibilities, over uh, uh, any other kind of uh, neuroses that we have, often coming from the culture of our homes. So once you're getting that shortness of breath, so your body's automatically depleting. It's getting a depletion of, of its life-giving oxygen. Mm-hmm. So the way that shows up, now for those of us who are, who are into... Being really well is it's going to show up as i said in shortness of breath so those of us who are really into being well will be monitoring our breathing all the time i mean if you got good at monitoring your breathing you're way ahead of the game because if once you notice shortness of breath you can automatically already be breathing deeply and re-oxygenating oxygenating your blood cells and and therefore your whole body is going to get the benefits of that so the first thing is to be someone who's doing some level of breath consciousness Uh, you want to get good at that and and it's also suggested that you do conscious breathing daily Uh, it's people who don't do conscious breathing daily will tend to have uh, anxiety hit their body parts before they got meaning something painful had to occur before they even realized it but usually the tribute whatever the pain is to some motion they made or or a fall, or an accident, or um, some familial history or something, we all have an amazing culture of causes, that each one of us has our own culture of our causes of pain, and the, the, that's the problem with, what's up, come on in, you can come in, you can learn for a minute, you can come even five minutes. Um, you want to, uh, can I ask you young lady to turn the fan down? There's a fan button on the upper console there. It's gone into some viper uh, down, not off, please It's just high and low Thanks, just put it on low did, you, did any of you notice that? Raise your if you didn't notice it So you're the ones who probably notice breathing later than most <laughs> <laughs> but that was like that was a major noise Com- not major if it comes on the way it did but it's major compared to now so therefore there was something there and you didn't even notice it another thing that goes unnoticed is the strobing effect of fluorescent light but your central nervous system certainly notices fluorescent used to it. lights what's that? Used to it. yeah you get used to it in fact, all of us have a certain level of misery that we're used to. Someone asked me advice yesterday. They said that uh, they, they were going to be moving away from their uh, parents and moving, changing towns. And the parents are old Russians. And they just didn't know how to break it to their parents that they were moving away. And I said, are your parents like always in pain over life? He says, yeah. I said, well, then you're doing them a favor because you're giving them even more pain. Worry about like they're, they're gonna be great. I mean you're gonna give them the perfect pain, like their kids are moving away. Like that's like it's exactly what they're looking for is pain. And so, you know, here this person was not wanting to cause them more pain when pain is what they love the most. And so and he relaxed, you know, and went and told his parents that he's moving. I don't think anybody loves pain. Everybody loves pain. You're I mean, you're crazy about pain. You wouldn't even know what to do with yourself without that <laughs> You're so identified with your pain. That, that you literally would have an identity crisis if you were pain free I don't like it, I still have it <laughs> and we're going now deeper into the psyche of human beings is that none of us like our pain but we do maintain it don't we? you know, you'll notice when things are going smooth in your relationships you'll somehow mess it up you'll do something, say something, not call you know, forget to call get to call and perfectly make waves in the relationship. Humans are, humans, we're like real cases. <laughs> each one of us is like a case study. I mean, they should put each one of us in a museum for insanity. But there, there's no end to what we'll perpetuate. And, and yet all of us all of us dream about health. I mean, health is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's therapy that's supposed to make you well inside. A multi-billion dollar industry. And yet, and yet we all will maintain it. I mean, think about it. I'll tell you something very simple. How many in here want badly love? Like, you want badly, meaning to get married and have love. Like, raise your hand if you, Badly, like it's one of your top of your list of what you want badly is love. Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. What's wrong with you guys? You guys don't want love? You guys (laughs) (laughs) Russian? They they want love. Okay, everyone here wants love. So therefore, you can never have it. You can never have it. Why? Because if you had it, you wouldn't be able to want it anymore. You have it now. And your identity is only wanting it. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself if you had it. <laughs> you didn't get it? No, because get it, did you get it? No. <laughs> who got it? No. I got it. How many people who have no money want money badly? And sometimes they actually get it, but where do you find them a year from now? In their grave now. Wanting money There's no end. Well no, There's it's no. just that when you want something. It can often become your identity. You see, the way to get to love is not by wanting it. Most things you need to want. I mean, I, I agree. you want to have a nice car, you got to want it. I mean, if you're going to have a nice car, you better want it. Because, you know, it takes a lot to afford that kind of nice car. So you, if, if it didn't start with want, you'll never get it. But you got to be so careful with wanting, because wanting can become part of the identity. And therefore, you can never have. It. Because having means you no longer want, and therefore, now you don't know who you are anymore. This is why the majority of relationships are like accordions, where people will say like, I, you know, he's like, I love you, and she's like, I love you, and then what does he do? He like forgets to call, forgets to call, messes that up, and then, she, but he really needed to call that day, because he was going to be late, and he just forgot mm-hmm. to call, and they were going out together, and she was like all dressed up, ready to go, for a chuppa of her first cousin. <laughs> And he just perfectly forgets to call. And she's so upset. And he gets home, and she's not even talking to him. And he's now upset with her, and he's not talking to her. And then they're like, I can't live without you. I can't live without you. I can live without you. And then they're like, I love you. They make up. And then they just don't know what to do with themselves because they only know how to want. They don't know how to have. And so automatically, she has to say goodbye for an hour, leaving the party, leaving the wedding. But meanwhile, he had to be up at 6 in the morning for some crazy, like, early morning flight to a business meeting. And he needed to be well-rested for it. But she did the hour-long goodbye. You know, like, women, men say goodbye. Men leave without saying goodbye, and women say goodbye without leaving. (laughs) I met a man who's, who's, uh, he had a rule with his wife. He says she's not allowed to lose ground between the party and the door. He doesn't care how long she takes, as long as she doesn't lose ground. I mean, she's got to make ground, like, towards the door. And he said, take your time, I'll be in the car. But don't lose ground. Don't lose ground. You're not moving further in. Because she would often move further in, and then it would start all over again. It's like me trying to leave the old city. (laughs) there are times where I really have nowhere to go it's not often but I have nowhere to go so if I have nowhere to go and my mind isn't totally like set on leaving the old city when I leave Aish so leaving Aish is about an hour and a half getting just to the square can be another half hour 45 minutes once I'm in the square near the cardo stairs over there it's another hour or something and it's so awesome some of the greatest interactions of the whole day happen while I'm trying to leave and so let's but that's total digression when you, the key to love isn't wanting it the key to love is it''s it's, it's kind of involved so I'm thinking how to say this I'm just going to say it without the involved part and the key to love is to be loved. Love's on a volume knob. Actually, you know what will help everyone who is in the 10 Spheres class? Uh, the chesed is the attribute of love. Yeah. So so that volume, the knob on the my chesed, the knob on the chesed is always there. The love's always there. I am love. I'm love. And what happens is based on the recipient of who I'm relating to is going to inform givura. That's the limit to the love. And so, you know, if my kid misbehaves, that's more limit. Kid's doing good things. It's less limit. Men, I'm going to be closer to, because you're men. And the, and women, I'll still connect to, but I'm going to be totally more professional distant from. It's, but it's always love. I am love. And therefore, love is what I experience all the time. I don't want it. I am it. So I'm not going to go into the real details of this, of how this really works. Anyone who's done my seminar knows. <laughs> he's smiling over there. Everyone who's done my seminar knows how to get this and live it and it's pretty amazing but the, uh, but the but you get that It I, I, love is one of those things where you just you are love and once you are love, love is what you experience without making all the complicated Kabbalistic stuff that I just spoke about mm-hmm. just let's call it let's say it like this, love's on a volume knob super simple, volume knob my wife gets a 10 my kids get a 10 the gas station attendant gets a 1 he gets love, everyone gets some yeah. everyone gets some. I got a million love dollars everyone's gonna get one yeah for sure uh, my wife's gonna get a lot and yeah, my kids are gonna get a lot my neighbors they're getting they're getting a five a six on the volume nine. my neighbor my parents going up to ten my siblings are on the 10 my uh, good friends are gonna be the eight nines range I'm not gonna love them like my wife and kids they're going to be eight nine range again. Strangers are going to be anywhere between one and three. Students who are male are going to be up five and six. Students who are female are going to be down at four three. But but, it's, but I am up. I'm always up. That, that's not that's not a, up for negotiation. Because what kind of life do we all want to live? What kind of world do we want to live in? A world of Love. That's what I promise you, every single one of you. That more than food, water, shelter, clothing, uh, ambition, recognition, uh, uh, significance, power, everything you've ever ever wanted. I promise you, the top of the list is love. What about zero? What? Um, What about zero? What about zero? Nobody gets no love. Yeah, nobody gets no love. There are people who don't. You have people who don't get no luck? I about, love? I give luck to like, I give love to everybody. And you know what's so really good about that mean, is the people who should get zero are harmful people. Guess who they don't harm? No, what about the homeless people? Who gives them, who gives them love? Who gives show them, them love? I show them love. But not everyone's Speaking homeless. of which, I have a homeless person who uh, needs two thousand dollars dental work. And no one answered. Whoever's watching this, if you're thinking you're the one who's supposed to pay for the dental work of this guy, <coughs> this, like, amazing homeless woman in Jerusalem, like, 2,000 bucks, it's $10,000 work. I, I got the dentist who gave, who's giving the work for 1,000 bucks, $10,000 work. He's giving for 1,000. He'd give it for, meaning his own work, he's doing for free. It's the, it's the materials. It's the materials. So and, uh, so yes, please, uh, If someone's that person, you know, if two grand isn't going to make or break you, you know, let let this poor woman, you know, survive. She's suffering terribly, terribly. She has to get upper and lower implants of some kind of. It's not implant teeth. She's not moving to Beverly Hills. It's implant dentures that have to get implanted for her. She's got all kinds of crazy infections and stuff. So um, anyway, yeah, everyone gets some. And you guys are thinking that the harmful people should get zero? That's not true. That's, that's a good way to get on their list of people that they're going to be harming. You give a to harmful people, they'll choose somebody else. I've seen it over and over again. I've been in situations. I once walked out of a restaurant with my wife, and some maniac was, like, punching people out on the street. Like, literally punching people out on them. It was on Ben Yehuda Street at, like, 11 at night. We were in Cafe Ramon over there, and we'd come out, and people, people were getting punched. <coughs> And, like, people are, like, calling the police and, like, this guy's punching random people. And I said, honey, wait right here. And I go right over to the guy with all the love in my heart. Just every ounce of love I could. I had to because otherwise I'm going to get punched. And he, his fist was back when he saw me and I'm coming at him, you know. I'm the only one coming at him. And he, uh, he put his hand down. And I had him sitting on the side of the planters there on Ben Yehuda Street. And my arm around him, he's crying, crying. Crying. something else was bothering him other than the random people he was punching and uh, mm-hmm. he's crying crying and then after he finally like finished crying for like two or three minutes I'm like you better run okay because yeah. you're, you're gonna be in jail tonight if you don't run now and he just ran he ran and a few minutes later the police came so so yeah you give and no one gets less than a one unless they're like Amalek or something but then you have to kill them so the let's see if we can uh, Oh, we're still going. Let's see if the Bluetooth works better. Where is that thing never go? Sorry, those who are watching this, I'm just trying to get this figured out. Uh, thanks for noticing that, by the way. That's uh, Sometimes that's happened, and people are just like, and then I get like 300 emails saying like, what happened? <laughs> Okay. Uh, enough about love. Which yeah. I, you have a question. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're saying it's not always out of love. Like, not everything people do is out of love. It could be out of pity. Um, it could be. All those are just words of, of love. You don't pity people you don't love. How could you love someone? You, like, how could you that person in your story? How did you love him if you didn't know? You didn't know him. <laughs> I said it's a one. The more you know them, the more you love them. We had a person in this class, everyone hated this person. I have to say I was on the edge too. This guy was so disruptive. Every time he spoke, he swore. I could swear the guy never showered in his life. He was the most gruff, rough guy ever. And we're just like, when is this guy going to move on? And then one day, I don't know how it happened, but he started talking about what he had been through. Was, he'd been abandoned by his father. His mother was a drug addict. He'd been in and out of jails. He'd been uh, homeless most of his life growing up as a kid. And uh, it was just like the most heart-wrenching story. This guy became the favorite guy of our class. He became our mascot of the class. No. We loved him. So we went from like weeks of like, when's this guy getting out of here? To, to like, when's he coming? If he wasn't there, we felt like we couldn't even start. And that's the famous line. To know him is to is to love him, is that somehow the guy that we all hated was the guy we all loved. It was just a question of, of knowing him a bit. Now let's go back to healing, alternative healing, and, uh, and these things, is that our body is, is a feedback mechanism. And it is telling you things all the time. We spoke a bit about the breathing. So you want to be the person who's aware of breathing way before the breathing goes short. Um, but there's other things too. Acne is affected Uh, by this um, muscle pain uh, most specifically is the the back Uh, the low back muscles are often uh, connected to overwhelm Um, the upper back is often uh, related to tension and stuff the stomach often related to fears especially social anxieties almost always in this digestive tract um uh, anxiety over future things you're going to have to deal with is usually in the chest area. Obligations are often in the back of the neck. The uh, and some of these are societal, but some of these are real part of our built-in physiology. Headaches have to do with control. You know, when the world does not when the world's not coming out the way you wanted it, headaches the perfect way. You know, to deal with that and and also a headache it allows you to get back out, like when you get a headache, all bets are off, you're gone, like you're, I'm out. Like once you have a headache, you're out. And so it's the, it's the easy way out, headaches. Um, but there is no such thing as a headache physiologically. There's no such thing as a headache. Um, there was a time where um, people of high stress were, would have ulcers, I don't know if you guys have heard of that. An ulcer is uh, some kind of like uh, uh, open wound in the stomach of some acidic form or another. And that was like really in style for a while. With all the causes, and here comes the doctors with all their you know, medications to deal with the ulcers. And, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was like back pain. And, and ulcers were gone. Like, there's no way, I don't care if you're an evolution, like, there's no way we evolved from ulcers to back pain in a matter of 30 years. But it just keeps shifting and shifting. From like the body's parts that are going to be the popular painful uh, places. The, there is actually changes of themes in society. What part of the body. And now when I'm talking ulcers. These were real ulcers. These, these were not ulcers in the mind. These people were suffering ulcers. And people with real back pain. Huh, you can't touch them sometimes. You can't touch them. They can't move. They're 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 walking hunched over there, and if they straighten up, they're gonna be screaming. You know, people laying down for days over this stuff, people quitting their jobs over this stuff. So, so this is—it's got real symptoms with but emotional causes. Yeah. Are so like, you gonna talk about love? No. Okay. So you're saying like. Awareness is the is the most important part. And then what? So you're like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. That's kind of thing. Yeah, so fun. the best thing to do at that point would be to cry. <laughs> uh, because think about what the overwhelm is. The overwhelm is you're having some kind of split. <laughs> like, well, part of you says be responsible and do whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. And another part of you says, like, what are you doing to me? Like, I mean, you got some kid in you saying, like, like, how did you get me into this? And and so there's a, you've got a split happening between the adult and the child. It's often the adult and the child. And uh, you'll find people of wealthier backgrounds who have found themselves in the in the thick of responsibility, because wealthy people, kids raised wealthy, unless the parents are good parents, um, will often not know how to deal with responsibility. If the parents are really good parents, so they'll know how to deal with responsibility. But if the parents are not. Didn't know what they were doing. So they're usually actually shielding their kids from responsibility. And they have no idea the disservice they're doing to that child. Because that child, so likely, in between their 30s and 60s, will wind up in... Um, you know, that's kind of the main part of the responsibility of, like, household children, you know, making your living, paying your mortgage off. Like, 30 to 60 the years. And, and so... A wealthy parents should be doing the opposite of what they usually do, which is shelter their children from the uh, those responsibilities of life. It's real active parenting that they, they have to be involved in and not spending all their money to have more and more help so that the kids never have to lift a finger. And that is not helpful. Yes? Um, yeah. um, I'm, Bubby. Not, yeah. um, I'm, I'm a nurse, but I'm also... Um, a lot of uh, medical uh, Yeah. and particularly on breathing, mm-hmm. on resting the body, and so I'm, I'm willing to help anyone if, if they have any uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, I have, a, I have a, an- another book to give to your library, oh, thank that I'm you. fixing. <laughs> you're editing it, or, or you're fixing the book? Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Excellent right? What's your, what's your name? Sonia Herman. Sonia Herman. So, Nurse Sonia is available for anyone if they need to work on their breathing or any other. I work a lot in hospital. Amazing. Thanks for your services. Now, um, Alternative healing Well, we'll be looking more at the root of things and the root of things almost invariably is the emotion Our bodies are super complex and they're, they're um The pain in our body when we're something's wrong is there to as a service to us to mask um, fear to mask rage to mask upset to mask anxiety to mask um, any emotional discomfort the physical body is the best address that the body has got left to protect you and so our job is to, is to do our emotional work to make sure that we're all keeping up with the, this kind of raging mind of ours that's got this hell-bent ambition Responsibility and, like, you know, taking care of a family or taking care of something in society or employees, whatever it is. That part of our adult ambitious life has to be the child inside of all of us that wants to be more or less, you know, uh, playing. I mean, uh, what does the child really want to do about play And, and love and be? You know whatever children like, each kid's kind of into something else. But the, but kids are pretty simple. They have to be up to speed with each other. They got to keep up with each other. And if they keep up with each other, so then so then the, the breathing stays whole. the The body will feel pretty good. You know they've they've done a lot of tests on this. This is not a, This is just the world according to Yom Tov. They've they've done MRIs on very healthy people, on parts of the bodies that where people will uh, you know have pain and and they take people with no pain who have for example more degenerative disc problems than the people with the pain so the people without the pain have more degenerative disc issues more family history of degenerative disc issues more clear disc material on nerves and yet there's there's no pain because nerves are awesome nerves are like you know, nerves are are able to really transfer whatever it is. They transfer those electrical impulses, but there's a lot to that, and including oxygen is necessary in that process. So one person's degenerative disc causes no pain; the other one's causes a lot. And it all has to do with with uh, with how you're breathing and how you're relating to life, and it's um, and it's you know it's challenges, much of which is challenging an inner self that is almost embarrassing that there's a little girl or a little boy in you that's, that's scared, you know, scared of dealing with, with life. And so we all, we all have to be really gentle with the boy inside of us, the little girl inside of us. Um, you know, you know at, with no apparent cause, and they're, but they're just like, they wake up, I remember one woman in one of my seminars, it was her turn to share, like she wanted to share, so I was like okay, go ahead, and she's like, she, you know, what she, how she referred to her kids by accident, she's like, there are these people in my house. There are these people in my house. And then the whole room just like, whoa, you know, called child services. And then she, she noticed our reaction, and then and then she realized she was what she had said.
1: They're
0: but you get, you get that? Do you get that? I know your kids will look a bit like you and stuff and they'll 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 be your children, but there are people in your there are people in your house. Okay? You don't have to call the police. Okay? They share your last name. But there are people in your house. And <laughs> and, and especially women are probably suffering more pain now than ever because Because of the the lack of manliness of the post-feminism man so like he's he's thinking like that that you guys are both going to bear equal weight you know in in carrying the family but there's even if a woman says she wants equal weight she's lying she's lying she mother finally does get in a jab to the father because whatever that's it's a dynamic that women do. Is, it's called fitness testing. Is When a woman feels insecure, she's feel she needs something solid to hold on to. You know, when you're going down a river towards a waterfall, you're looking for a rock, you're looking for a branch, you're looking for a stick, anything not to go down the river. So who's the most likely person who should be that rock? Her husband. But what, instead of going up to the husband and saying, hey, I'm feeling a little insecure, I need you to be that rock for me, what she does instead is she fitness tests him with a little jab a little attack just to see how he reacts to see if he's going to be something that she can hold on to but the problem is there's no man who realizes that's what's going on he thinks he's under attack now anyone under attack the first thing they're going to do if they can is what? get out so he's going to go to mincha for three hours or go to the bathroom for three hours or he's going to go get a beer with his friends or he's going to he's out because who wouldn't be? He doesn't know he's in the middle of a fitness test. He, all he knows is he just got attacked. And now, and by the way, if he already done him in class, or he already went to the bathroom, or he already got a beer with his friends, or he already learned, you know, did his study hours, she's gonna get instead of flight, she's gonna get what? Five. She's gonna get five. And so she was insecure, and now this little boy just ran away. Or now she's insecure, and that little boy's pulled out a hammer. And any man who knows how to study a page of Talmud is going to win the fight. You know, that's what we do. We spend our time all day long. Those of us study a lot of Talmud. We're in this constant fight with our dealing with intense, intricate logic. And so, the husband at that point grounds her into fine sand. And so, what was insecure is now just like, you know, you can't scrape her off the ground with a spatula. And so the insecurity is very, very strong. But the fun, but we're, we're not talking about that no, right now. We're talking about the daughter. Is that the daughters love this moment. Because now that her father's all, like, wounded, he's like, like that. And she's stormed off, you know, because he blew his fitness test. He totally did not pass the test. And, uh, gentlemen, in case you're wondering what you do to pass the test, you need to know this, is that you do not fight. You do not fly, neither what you do is you just take deep breaths without her noticing. You just breathe the whole time, and you just be—you just be that that solid guy. You just be that rock for her. You be that branch crossing the river, and just let her say what she's got to say. What is the big deal of you letting her finish? Speaking? All she wants to do is finish saying some things. Okay, they were not nice, and yeah, they will not be nice. But just let her finish. When when a person's insecure, they're temporarily insane. And any person who's insecure, man or woman, any person who's feeling insecure is temporarily insane. If you met someone who was crazy on the street, would you get into it with him? No way. You you kind of just go like that, like you just gotta walk away. Now, don't walk away when it's your wife. But if you're if someone's temporarily insane, don't get into it. Just breathe, be a rock for your wife. And then when she's done with whatever it is she was saying, you know, tell her she spoke beautifully. I don't know, give her say something nice about what she said, and see if you can even reiterate some of the points she made. And uh, you know, let her know you were listening while you're sitting there breathing. Like let her let her reiterate some of her points, and then she'll be like instantly restored to her factory settings. That was just for the guys. Now, for the ladies, by the way, don't don't overly fitness test your spouses. I can't. I, you will fitness test them. I promise. You can't not do it. It's just built in the f- whole the whole female kingdom, whether it's animals or or humans. Fitness test the males. So that that you're gonna do. But you can control how much you do it. You can control it. And the other thing is to uh, is to when you marry your post-feminism husband, you want to give. Don't take up all the slack. What happens is women naturally take up slack for kids and parents, family. Like for example, when my wife goes out of town for Thanksgiving, our house is never cleaner because she's not taking up the slack. So everyone's actually washing their own dishes and cooking the meal, and then washing the pots and stuff. As long as she's in that house, just this one drops a little something there, and that one drops that, and washing that, and this one doesn't do that, and this one throws her towel on the floor, and this one does that. And, that. and the house, just she's like underneath all of it, and she can't do it all. So women naturally take up slack, and in our age of feminism, is that um, when girls are young, they kind of enjoy the power. They like the power. and the first years of marriage, they like and so the men are like, they like it, too. Because men don't like accountability and responsibility and stuff. So they see, hey, she's willing to pay the bills. So meaning, you know, let her go bring the bill to the post office. Or let her uh, make the phone call to the electric company. Or, or you know, let her do that. Let, and she'll keep doing it. She gets more and more insecure as the years go, go by. So therefore, ladies, when you marry these young guys, don't expect a man, that's forget about that. But when you marry a guy, give him stuff to do. Give him stuff to do. That's it. You should have stuff to do. And even if you marry a colo guy, find help he won't do it, but (laughs) find him something that maybe you can for an hour or two a day to bring home a little of the of the money for the house. Just not that you necessarily need it. Could be you're making enough money to cover the house, but Give them a little something, to a little bit of the weight, um, and then more of the weight, and because the more you're taking care of, the more secure you are, the more the less fitness testing. You get that? The more you're taking care of, the more secure, the less fitness testing, and all you ever wanted, when you're now back to the girls, since when you're a girl, all you really wanted was that relationship with your father, of being taken care of, but every time you wanted to get near there, your mother would edge you out. And so that's what i was saying is that the girls love it when the fa- when the mother fitness tests the father, because now that he's wounded, all the girls rush in to save him, mm-hmm. and they go and they'll like take care of all his wounds and like and like get this for him and get that for him and run an errand for him and like they love taking care of their father when their mother's wounded him. It's the only time they can get it because she went the She's angry. She went the other way, and now there's some space to go take care of. There, of her father. Now, the uh, but this gets really complicated when it comes to marriage because now's her big chance to be the wife, and this is like a really exciting time for her. Except, if you're like most men, you're going to be in you know, a busy more outside the house. Men have issues with intimacy, and marriage is a very intimate thing. And the uh, some men love work, they like colo, they like like they get a lot of respect out there. No one's fitness testing you when you're at work, you know. You're, you're. It's just a safer place to be, is outside the home. Men have issues with intimacy until a man has broken through that, and that's like a lifelong process of doing it. You'll notice elderly men get really soft and intimate in their marriages, but it's, like, too late, man, you know, like, she's so scarred from all the years that, like, it's kind of hard for her to open her heart at age, you know, 60, but it's amazing how men finally realize the intimacy they want, they they start realizing that in, like, in the 60s, 70s, and stuff, and the women are like, now? No, but not, yeah. every, not everybody, there's still still men out there at that age that... They are get. still doing the workaholic thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But we lived out like this many years like this, continue, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. Anyway, but this gets, as I was saying before, this gets really complicated at the age of marriage because these women are desperate. for They've been edged out long enough. They're finally not going to get edged out. And they're so excited. And they're so disappointed after. To see that his ambitions have edged her out, his work, the respect he gets outside the home, edged her out like, boom, like, like meaning she never ever got to really get it. And so, so many women spend their lives frustrated, but really frustrated because they just spent like 20 years or 23 years or 28 years waiting to have no competition for the man. And yet the man's like, "You you want to do you want to do what? You want to stare into each other's eyes over candlelight? Like, okay, I guess I can. I, let me just go to the bathroom first. <laughs> I'll be back in forty five minutes. You know, like they it just—it's not easy for men to do that. And then she. They get, the women get so disappointed and in comes the kids and this kid and that kid and this kid and that kid. And those times were even not that he was so available when they were just the two of them, but now that their kids involved, the time's now really, very little time. and then it just life becomes disappointed. And so everything I'm saying is not to give some kind of God forbid curse of what your life's going to be. The reason I'm saying this to you is because I am officially what? Warning you. I'm warning you of what could be if you don't heal now and become love as opposed to wanting it. You have to become love. You have to be someone who can breathe across from somebody and just be without having to be respected or say something smart or whatever. And you have to be able to just be and be totally vulnerable like that. You have to be a man in your marriage and you have to be someone who does take on that responsibility. Yet, that's the beginning of the process, yet monitor the child in you You don't wind up like with debilitating knee pain or neck pain or back pain or stomach pain or whatever. like. You're gonna to have to monitor that. Women are gonna to have to be careful how much they fitness test when they're feeling insecure. Men are gonna to have to be able to breathe while she speaks without getting into it. Men are gonna to have to realize that their woman has Waited all these years for this. Men are going to have to be clear with the fact that they want love, not attention. Work is at Yeshiva, and work is where you get attention, and at home is where love happens. And that you want love more than attention. You have to realize that that it's your greatest need. Remember, I mentioned that that's like greater than any any of your ambitions. It's your need for love is more important. Which I mentioned, many men only come to that too late. So this was not a prophecy of doom. This was a prophecy of not only what could be a warning, but also how to heal each of those things. I, didn't, I never say anything without how to. I didn't come to this world to be someone who talks about issues or mentions goals without the how to get them. Like, what do you need goals for without the how to get to those? How to achieve those goals? You'll notice everything I've said since you've been in my classes always comes with how-to. Always. Same thing. I, in my seminars, I bring much greater, loftier challenges of what, where we should be, and we do the how-to step-by-step, step-by-step, step-by-step. How to get there. So, we just got one last thing to cover. You ready? God thinking? This is Jerusalem. I got to get us back to Jerusalem because this talk could have been had easily in Northern California with incense burning, right? Which is where I'm from. <laughs> Not Northern Cal, but very, very Californian. A lot of incense burning. Oh, that's the accent. Other things burning too. Um, the yeah, that's the accent. So, what was God thinking? You know what God was thinking, Zach? He's got his hand up, right? You've got to us heard from, uh, you gotta speak up a little for our we camera. Have, yeah. We have two things that God doesn't have, which is the growth and choice, and he was giving us so, so to all these challenges he was giving us the opportunity to fulfill those um, needs excellent I'm the director today <laughs> this has never happened <laughs> so what Zach said is that is that God did it so that we would grow okay any other takers I don't have to video you <laughs> any other takers why why'd God do it what what set us up for this craziness you're speaking more philosophically but I agree with you I'm asking why did God set us up to have this disappointment pain, child fighting with the adult inside your heart your mind you're depleting oxygen into our limbs and organs like why he wanted to, uh, want to give us pleasure he um, wanted to, want to give us pleasure he wanted us to uh, not to not to be like him but in you know, We don't, oh, God doesn't need anything from us but, uh, to help us like, to create, to see what we could create, like give us free will to see, like, you know, when we have when I'm I Everything you're saying is much like, uh, what's your name again? Tamada. What? Uh, Tamara. Tamara? Ten. Much like Tamara is saying. What's your name uh, uh, I'm I'm just asking. Most people are going to lose this game big time. We all know people lose in this big time. Majority of people are going to lose bad. You get that? Most Everything we discussed about today, everything we talked about, most people are, are going to fall badly into this. these syndromes. The chances of us falling into these syndromes is almost inevitable. Um, we're creating tools to, to Either not fall in, or if we do fall in, how to get out? I'd like to be a little, a bit with you, Aaron and Tamara, a little bit here, and in, in saying that, that uh, it comforts me to know that none of this is real. Um, when I say that, I'll explain, meaning to know that really all there is is God, and. meaning God created this place out of himself, so this is all really made of God, this whole thing. And there will be no time elapsed from our birth to our death, because time is a created thing as well. All that will have ridden through your entire experience of life will have been your soul. Your body temporarily houses it for this process called life on earth. Our aim, our goals have to be soul-related. When we're soul-related, we are giving, caring, loving, charitable people, contributing to society, humanity, and to our marriages and to our children. You could say that everything that I spoke about today was really the body and its voice. For example, the, the young girl who so badly wants this relationship with her father is, is really desperate f- to connect with oneness. Think about it. Every single one of us was spent the first nine months of our lives in the undifferentiated womb, undifferentiated oneness. Of the womb of our mother every one of us started with absolute oneness and also the creation comes from oneness when we die we're gonna be back into that oneness and ever since we were born all we've really wanted is that oneness and if you think about life life's just all the frustration of not having been able to achieve the oneness this whole class was just about our frustrations in not being able to achieve oneness we're It got broken many times over and over and over. Our parents either didn't know what they were doing, or even when they did, the teacher didn't know what she was doing, and even when she did, a kid didn't know what he was doing, and even when they did, like, you know, you didn't know what you were doing. You know, when it was your turn to speak during the play, and you forgot your lines. Like, stuff went wrong all over the place. And, and, Everyone's walking around like you got a picture. Everyone you meet with like bandages all over the place. They're like, they're like everyone's like crash victims. Everyone's like crash victims. But in the end, the very simple fact that when you show up in a Torah class and the rabbi or Shabbos dale and the rabbi can't stop talking about your soul, and you're just like, like I don't even know if I have a soul, like. Like who says we have a soul? I didn't see my soul in my MRI, you know. Like the reason the rabbi keeps talking about Your relationship to your spouse is another aspect, your relationship to your children's another aspect, your relationship to, to strangers. It's I am love. I am this soul that is totally fused with. Not only God, but but the hidden light inside of all of creation. Rabbis aren't talking about souls just to make you crazy and bore you. The reason we're always talking souls is because that's where your healing will be. God puts you in a body. And the fight is always between the soul and the body, the soul and the body. Because when we got hurt as kids growing up, so we started developing a whole relationship to who we are that was at odds with soul identification. You get that? When we got hurt growing up, we developed all kinds of, of, of senses of self that became in, in conflict with soul identification. But in the end, soul identification is the answer to all of our healing. And all the stuff we went through and all the stuff we go through what we went through, what we go through and what we will go through is one deep <laughs> breath let take a deep breath is one deep breath away from our being able to sense how in the bigger picture of this whole creation how I fit in in the ultimate oneness that I seek. It's one deep breath away. It's that identification of the soul and its oneness with all that happens around us, which is being totally orchestrated by this creator. If I could just take that deep breath, and it's amazing that the word soul in Hebrew is neshama, and the word for breath is neshima is that I am one deep breath away from just taking a pause and one breathe. Breathe. I'm pausing and recognizing how all of this is part of my attachment to the oneness which is everywhere in, and in, sparks of it are in my father and in my mother and in my work and in my responsibilities. And in my play and in my my embracing the child in me that does just want to play. Yet, in my adult responsible life, and the contribution that I've come to make, each one of us has come to make, which will only breed more responsibility, yet it's all part of this oneness. That deep breath, a deep breath which is the deep soul, and the deep connection to the oneness of God in all things. How do you get oneness? Can you get oneness? Just deep breath. No, it's not. It's about isn't it about like other people too? Oneness is about being nice. Mm-hmm. Oneness is oneness with everything. You can hug a tree, you can hug a person, hug yourself. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said I love you? Thank you very much everybody. If anyone if anyone wants to boost that one Probably help a lot of people. Twenty bucks a boost. I'm, uh, I'll boost it if you don't. But Rabbi shouldn't have to pay for his own class. I don't care though if I have to. It's okay. Um, Rabbi Ellis is taking the group on a tour. Is it? Where's this tour? To That's men only. I, it sounds like. To to You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.